0: Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. J.J. Johnson really is the man that everybody knows. From his early days as a radio jock town to town and up and down the dial to his days at the programming helm of C-Fox Vancouver and then running the show to Chorus in Toronto, JJ has made friends everywhere he's been. And for the past 5 years, he's been the principal of his own company, JJ International Media and Management Solutions, working across Canada, the US, and overseas. JJ, thanks for joining me on the podcast.
1: It's a pleasure,
0: Sean. Let's start on Common Ground. Our mutual beloved friend, Steve Young. That's how we first met each other. That's right. I wonder, um, you've been involved with a number of really cool initiatives that have really benefited the industry. I wonder if you could uh, take us inside the workings of uh, the Alan Waters Young Broadcaster of the Year Award in memory of Steve Young. How did that come about? And... um, uh, where are we at now?
1: Well, that, uh, that started 10 years ago. Steve passed away just over 10 years ago, and Neil Dixon and Greg Simpson uh, suggested it. We've had, had some talks, and they suggested to put it together. Um, needed a sponsor to make it happen off the top, and good old Gary Slate was there off the top and, and took care of it for a couple of years. And then the Waters family jumped in and have handled a, a good deal of it since then. Um, the whole idea... Steve uh, was very uh, uh, very pro uh, young talent, um, and of course worked with all kinds of talent, all different ages and whatever. But I always kept his eyes open for the young folks that were coming up, and he was a bit of a lightning rod for them. So they you know uh, they would migrate towards Steve, and he would always be helpful with them. So the the idea of the Steve Young Broadcaster Award is uh, you know award to one of the best young broadcasters under the age of thirty. And so here we are 10 years later, got fantastic uh, a number of nominations and high quality nominations from across the country. So it's, it's really hit its stride in the last couple of years. And, and the, the list of the 10 winners is just phenomenal. Um, the most recent one is Ruby Carr. It was uh, just an amazing talent out of Vancouver doing mornings on Z ninety five point three.
0: What is it? Uh, you say that um, the the crop of talent is great. What's the the overall state of talent in the Canadian industry right now?
1: Well, you know, I hear people saying that you know we have a you know talent drought. Uh, I think actually we've got, got a bunch of talent bubbling up from from with under uh, and from within in that. Um, uh, I, I've always said that if we want to have better talent, we need to have better talent directors. We need, need to have better content directors. And a lot of the companies, uh, although, you know, they're cash starved and, and uh, you know, they're doing a lot of cutbacks and and, and all, uh, still have managed to spend some time to um, bring the program directors and the content directors along. And that's that's one of the most important things uh, for myself. Uh, that's That's what I do. You know, bringing well, I bring along a lot of folks, but you know, you need people to teach people to teach people, and I and I think we're finally starting to get that through.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a long, long history of helping countless uh, young people move up through the business, um, and and now uh, you you're, you've yet again uh, found another way to recognize people, uh, and that's with your 365 salutes the good ones. Uh, if you are on Facebook, you will have seen JJ or or know somebody who shared JJ's daily um, synopsis of uh, our great broadcasters. What when you set out to create the uh, 365 salutes, what what did you want to accomplish?
1: Well, I just it, it really started over Christmas time, and I was back reflecting and thinking you know, the news, when you turn it on and listen to it, uh, it just seems to be ridiculously bad. Um, It seems to be uh, shameful. It seems to be, you know, I mean, stories of people who are, you know, chaining 13, 14 kids to their, their houses for years. And, and just the Donald Trump shenanigans and whatever, just, just made me think that, you know, it's, it's easy for us to think that um, to think that people aren't generally uh, you know, the whole world's crazy and it's, that's long 99% of people out there, I believe are are good people, well-intentioned people. And I thought, you know, what I know enough people over the years that I've had some kind of contact with and I know about, so I'm going to go and dedicate a full year to write once a day about somebody who has made a nice contribution to the industry and developing talent and, and all of that. And today actually marked the 150th. So, you know, (laughs) we've got some more to go, Uh, but uh, that's what we're working on. And, and we will get there. I will, I will finish off with 365 salutes. There's a lot of good people to choose from out there. And I'm hoping that it's putting a, uh, you know, a positive message on who we are and what we do. Uh, i hear from people that it's one of the best days of their lives when you know they are saluted and uh, i like to term it as a positive pylon. you know it's quite often we don't hear about how people think about us until you know we're we move jobs or uh unfortunately and uh, when we're gone uh, mm-hmm. you know at uh, celebrations of life all these things come up and people don't hear this stuff and so uh, most people uh, that you know are are saluted or uh, awed and humbled by the way that the audience out there, the cyber audience, has come forward to, to in their own way, salute them. And again, what I call a positive pylon.
0: on. Mm. Good on you, JJ. It's an Herculean task to say the least to uh, put one of those together every day. I can appreciate it. Um, do you think that it gets to the root of um, at least, you know, in, as the broadcast mediums go, radio has always sort of looked at itself. I've heard it many times referred to as the lowest rung on the entertainment ladder, which I think is bullshit. Um, but do you think that things like this really get uh, to our sense of identity and, and give us a sense of uh, of confidence uh, in in the industry?
1: Well, I, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put some, you know, my own little way of of highlighting uh, the great things that happen out there and the great people that are involved in making those great things happen. Um, that's uh, you know, I I talk to so many broadcasters these days who seem kind of bummed out and you know are are thinking and starting to believe sometimes that radio is dead, which is so wrong. I mean, ninety two percent of you know, Canadians, it's, it's, it's pretty well the same in the U.S. And, and Australia and other places. 92% of the audiences out there still check out radio on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, that's huge. If that, if, if that was a retail store, that would mean in your locale, 92% of the population is coming through your doors every week. That's big. So radio, um, radio is 100 years old next year. The first radio station was CFCF in Montreal. So it's 100 years old and it's well suited and it has been for some time to, uh, with the new technology, it works well with it. You know, we're, we're with radio. We're in, we're in the web business. We're in the, we're in the print business. We're in the, the coupon business. We're in the newspaper business. We're in the TV business through all of the, uh, electronic aids that are out there and and working for us. So I'm very high on radio. And I also know too that, um, the clients, who use radio with a good message and solid frequency get results. So I think we are in a good spot. People out there like to, to batter radio because it's an old medium, but it's well-suited su- su- to the new medium and uh, the new, new uh, um, technology and, and all. And I, and I think that you know, when people say, you know, the Spotify's and the Pandora's are really draining you know, listenership. Yeah, there's some distractions there, and there's a little bit of attrition, no question. But I like to call it replacement listening we all grew up listening to CDs or cassettes or records or whatever. We all had X amount of time per week, you know, that we would listen to music outside of radio. That's what people do today. They just listen to it in different ways and with different delivery systems.
0: Totally agree. A number one reach medium uh, that there is right now. I wonder if you could put on uh, your JJ International Media and Management Solutions hat and give us some perspective on the canadian industry vis-a-vis the overseas clients um a very very nice roster indeed of companies that you're working with what do you see out there over the seas and in the us versus what's happening in canada Where what are you left with from in terms of uh, uh, of a feeling about that well
1: i think uh you know we're getting better in canada in uh, understanding that uh uh, you know, storytelling is extremely important in, in terms of connecting with the audience. I think we're getting better at understanding that um, storytelling is beyond mornings. It's middays, it's afternoon, it's evenings. It's it's those kinds of things, um, um, the, uh, um, you know, uh, and, and preparation is better in Canada than it's been. And I think this gets back to what I was saying before about program director's theoretically being a little more involved and, or at least philosophically understanding that encouragement is really important. Uh, we're still not beyond the days of, you know, just shut up and play the tunes. Um, how can two radio stations play the same tunes, pretty much the same tunes at the same amount of frequency and somebody wins. It's, it's what's, it's cliche, but it's so right. It's like what's in between the records, which is creative imaging. It's great content. It's word of mouth and compelling content. The Australians, I love working with, I work with a number of morning shows in Australia. And I got to tell you, it's all about the talent there. Uh, Every show uh, has granted some more resources than perhaps Canadian stations. Um, However, uh, some don't, uh, and they've learned ways to be able to create extra resources uh, through the airwaves. I can get into that in a little bit if you'd like. Sure. Um, but but um, for, for them, it's, as somebody had said to me, an Australian uh, person I know on the West Coast had said to me that when they come to Canada and the U.S. and they listen to radio, when the, when the jock comes on, they turn the radio down. And in Australia, they turn the radio up because in Australia, it's every break is power packed with some kind of relevant content. If it's not uh, local, and local is the definition of local, is what people locally are talking about. It's our job to reverberate that and expand on that, or create that word of mouth with other information. And the Aussies are so good at it. Uh, they're so good at collecting, uh, and preparing. Uh, preparation, we know, is really, really important. And, and preparation is a collection of curiosities which means it's not, only, uh, it's not only about seeing things out there, it's about, it's about chronicling those things. It's about making sure that you know, you've got those things written down and becomes part of the, the everyday uh, prep process. Preparation is a way of life in, in Australia, especially, that's everything. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, it should be as well. The United States, to me, um, there are some fabulous broadcasters in the united states and there's so many markets but i honestly think that um you know canada is well ahead of the u.s in terms of um you know uh, uh, realizing compelling and consistent content and australia is i would uh, i would suggest to anyone that's up and coming spend some time listening to these folks because they really have their shit together
0: why do you think that is Uh, JJ, do you think that it has something to do with sort of a a geographical isolation in terms of media or culture uh, based on the fact that You know, for years, um, the technology just wasn't there to bring in signals from around the world and they had to kind of entertain themselves. And and how did they um, sort of bring that institutionally into the business in order to end up in 2018 to be um, operating at this level of personality?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, when you take a look uh, uh, in Australia, uh, radio, radio, radio uh, people are stars. And quite often, they're not just lo- local stars, they're, you know, national stars. A lot of the talent that they bring in are, you know, are folks that have done well on the reality TV shows or standout comedians or comedians or, uh, you know, have broken through in in, uh, in, in other ways, uh, online, you know, that kind of thing. So star power is very important there. Um, but it's this, it's this philosophy of, uh, and, and part of this too is the fact that you know, they've they've been well-networked there for a long time. So they are way ahead of everybody else in terms of being able to take content that works in a market and being able to fan it out. For instance, instance, Hamish and Andy uh, on a number of markets who, by the way, have just, you know, gotten out of uh, conventional radio into, you know, focusing more on TV and podcasting and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But here you are with, you know, folks that, um, you know, are able to command a national audience. And I think that's got to do with uh, um, one of the differences there uh, here to, to my knowledge is that in Canada, you know, you've got the East and you've got the West and you've got different pockets of uh, politics and religion and those kinds of things there. It seems to be one big swap, although interestingly enough, when you take a look at Perth, Perth is very much like Vancouver, versus Toronto, mm-hmm. you know, Perth is all about, uh, you know, uh, they're very, very different than the East. And, and, uh, uh, I, the similarities are unbelievable actually between uh, Vancouver, Toronto and, and Sydney and, 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 Perth. But I think, you know, the networking aspect of it, uh, requires, uh, a con- very consistent, uh, array of compelling content, I think uh, from a network perspective, they have, you know, better resources Uh, in Australia. You know, they still spend a lot of money on research, on content development, on marketing, on contesting. You know, they've still, they've stuck to that. Whereas in the U.S. especially and in Canada as well, you know, it's been cut and cut and cut. And I understand that. I understand that. Um, And they are different worlds. But. Once, once and for all, it's always been, and it gets back to content. Mm. And, you know, interesting for us in Canada and the U.S. Uh, and other places around the world, sometimes the chemistry becomes the content. Chemistry is not content. When the chemistry becomes content, you've got people who are mailing it in. In Australia, if you're mailing it in, you don't last long. Right. You know, uh, content, chemistry brings content to life. So it's all about coming to the table with that ongoing collection of curiosities, being able to bring it to life, and then how do you take something and just drag it out? How do you take something, instead of doing a one-time bit, how do you take it and turn it into an ongoing gag that the audience gets involved in? That's what they're really good at, and that's what uh, you know some of the big morning shows in Canada are really good at, too.
0: Now, radio, you know, the, the uh, beauty of radio is, is its ability to be local. Uh, what do you think the opportunity in Canada would be to apply some of that sort of networked uh, thinking in, in radio in Canada to accomplish that? Um, I mean, you've got morning shows that work great in certain cities because they focus on the cities. What's, where, where do you see that opportunity coming in?
1: Well, let's go back to the beginning when we all first got on the air and, and all the people that we hung with when we first got on the air, we kept in contact. We were, you know, talk to each other about stuff that we were doing. We, we, we this is way before, you know, the current technology. So in an old fashioned way, we would keep keep current with each other, right. pass along ideas. Um, we we would be in a situation where uh, if you're in Winnipeg and something crazy happens in Halifax, you get somebody to talk to you there. Right. You know something happens in Halifax. You know somebody in Vancouver knows that person and knows people there. I mean, it's all about it's all about networking and working as a group mm-hmm. in terms of being able to uh, you know kind of share resources. Um, I was talking to Josie Dye who was on my panel. For uh, a Canadian Music Week, for what we call Shred to Prep, which is all about you coming in prepared, um, but then something crazy happens, everything goes out the window. So she's part of a network where they do exactly that. Now, she's got a consultant that, you know, set that up uh, for all of those folks. Uh, so, for instance, uh, when the, the van attack happened in Toronto, a number of stations around North America were calling them and getting. Uh, content from them, getting their perspective. Uh, The same thing when the shooting happened in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, they had somebody to talk to in Las Vegas who was able to give perspective and give phone numbers to people, uh, you know, four people who found themselves, you know, trapped by gunfire, you know, that kind of thing. So it's all about creating your own resources. We all complain uh, about, you know, not having enough resources. But in fact, you know, with, with things like this, uh, you can go and create your own network of content. Um, I believe in um, I believe in, in sitcom thinking, and that that is you know understanding the players on your show and you know their roles, uh, their interests uh, as the A players on the show. Not unlike, obviously, a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So who are the B who are the B players, and what do you need? You know where do you
0: find them? Right, and the guest stars too.
1: And the guest stars, exactly. Yeah. You know, finding these folks and thinking of it that way, you sit back and you take a look at your show and you go, "What's missing on our show?" Well, we need somebody, somebody that can go and keep an eye on YouTube for us for the latest uh, audio bites that you know pretty much speak for themselves. We need somebody who can, who's a, who's a hockey expert. Um, you know, and you try to do these ways, do these things in a way where it's different from everybody else. So you need a hockey expert. One station I work with has got a nine-year-old kid who knows everything about hockey. And just the contrast is hilarious in the first place. Um, but, you know, you're really getting meaningful insight from this young guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it's taking a look at the cast, growing the cast. And the best way to do this is to go on the air and ask for them. We need somebody who's a hockey expert to step in on a regular basis and, and, and talk hockey with us. You know, we can't stay up until 10 o'clock at night.
0: And maybe even do an on-air audition.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a great idea. So, so call. you go and you grab five. Yeah, say, exactly. Casting code call is exactly what it is. So you have, you have five contestants, as it were, and one of them ends up being the guy that now gets added to the cast. You don't have money in a lot of cases to be able to take care of these people, but you can take care of them with, with tickets and notoriety, and, and that's what they want more than anything else is notoriety, being recognized on websites, being recognized on the air, that kind of thing.
0: Think about even on uh, the station's own roster, how many night people or evening people would uh, give their right arm to uh, appear on the morning show every now and then.
1: And that's another thing Australians are good at. For instance, in Sydney, with the M-M, uh Ed and Grant show on Today FM, uh, Husey is the afternoon guy who's just hysterical. And as they say, so Australian. Um, but he is a very regular contributor to that morning show. And, and the morning show on occasion contributes in the afternoon. So, you know, it's a great source of content. It's also great recyclers as well. So content can come from anywhere. You just have to ask for it. And some people are hesitant to go on the air and ask for those folks because it sounds like begging. What? Well, it sounds like begging if that's how you're saying it on the air. Uh, research, study after research, when it comes to uh, people being involved in um, you know, uh, involved in, in being part of a, a, you know, your, your um, oh, sorry Sean, you're going to have to pick this up, but what do you call when you've got all those people in your database? Oh, sorry, okay. Research after research has has shown that um people who are involved in web databases who are part of your your outreach they, they don't they don't want to be paid they don't they, they want to be recognized they just like the fact that they're able to make a difference with their favorite radio station so if all these resources are out there we just need to go out there and find them
0: i'm going to put you on the spot now um, you know, no interview would be complete without getting your play, you know, what's on your playlist right now. So let me ask you just rapid fire. Um, absolutely, uh, you know, no, with no thought, uh, who's on your air check playlist in terms of talent, who's, who, who are the, say the top three people that are in your head right now?
1: Roz and Mocha. Yeah, definitely Roz and Mocha, uh, Nat and Drew, yep. uh, in Vancouver, uh, Ruby Carr and Ruby, Sco- Ruby Scooter Show uh, in Vancouver, um, Brad Dryden in Halifax, um, uh, Darren and also uh, Maureen in Toronto, uh, in in Belleville, Ontario, in Belleville, Ontario, of all places, Mark and Ingrid is a terrific cool. show. Um, in, I'm trying to think, uh, to, 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 uh, Lamont Hollywood's been around for a long time, but to me, it's still one of the greats. Howard Stern's definitely on my, my playlist in that, um, uh, Howard, uh, is just a master of content, the master of making you, making you wait, uh, for upcoming content, uh, and always having a payoff.
0: All right, let's transition to, um, programming talent. You're going shopping for programmers. Who Who's on the top of your, uh, your playlist right now?
1: Well, some of them are not working right now. One of the, one of the best ever is Blair Bertram.
0: Uh, right.
1: 2107. Yeah, great you know, guy. Who can, who can pretty much do, do anything. That guy, he is, a, he is, he is amazing. A um, couple of guys in Barrie uh, who are really, really good. And, and I'm talking about Matt Cacchione. And I'm talking about Craig Ross. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a fellow in Belleville named Paul Ferguson yes. he programs at two stations there and he's won a number of awards. And so have his stations. And I think he could work anywhere if he, if he, if he wanted to, he's very ensconced in that community. Brad Gibb to me in London is a, is a very strong program director, Jim McCordy, uh, who is in Windsor, uh, with 89X mm-hmm. is, uh, an ama- amazing, amazing guy. Um, very quiet and unassuming guy, But any talent that you talk to that's worked with him most, anyway, have have talked about, you know, how really, really great that guy is. Uh, Ronnie Stanton, I think, is a very solid talent.
0: And oh yeah, but he doesn't count. He's left the country and then left that country again. So we have to. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He's out
1: of there. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. Uh, you, you mentioned being on the beach, you know, there's some great people on the beach. It's happened. They say you haven't, uh, really, uh, had a career in media unless you've been on the beach at least once. Um, and w- what, I, give me some advice or give the listeners some advice. What happens if you're on the beach? What, what do you do? Um, and you find yourself there. Do you, do you give up? What, 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 in your, uh, experience, what's the best thing you can do if you find yourself without a gig?
1: First thing is take, take a little bit of time because when you get working again, you know, you're not going to have that kind of time again, right. especially if you have kids or family, you know, that kind of thing. Um, at the same time, um, you know, the networking begins and, you know, uh, the, the job now is getting a job and getting out there and, and, uh, and talking to the influencers in the business, uh, it's, it's the work. It's the work about, you know, getting, getting the word out that, and, and making sure people understand, uh, the value that you can bring to them. It's interesting. People get ensconced in uh, companies for a long time, and then they just kind of stop networking. And uh, my best advice to people is always be networking, uh, because you never know when these things are going to happen. There's a lot of people who are on the beach who, uh, are still have a lot to offer, and they're simply on the beach because of dollars. Sure. Um, I I wonder, and I don't totally understand this, but um, you know, people that I have talked to are on the beach. Um, a lot of them have the same answer when I say to them, "What if the company had come to you and said, we 'Look, we're we're stuck here. You know, we need to find dollars. How do you feel about a thirty percent haircut?'" Most of them say, hey, I wish they had to come and ask me that because that would have been a great consideration. Right. Um, So the the thing is, you know, be networking. Um, A lot of folks have turned over into into the podcasting world. Uh, How are the, you know, with social networking, how do you market yourself? Um, You know, myself, I, 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 that's what I do. Um, I, I got, I got fired once in the business. Um, and, but make no mistake. When I was with chorus, when I moved from Vancouver through to Ontario East, I left chorus before they left me. Right. You know, it, it was just a matter of time because I was making too much money for those guys. Right. So I would say to most people act like you're going to be on the beach someday, continue to network. Don't take for granted that you're going to be with a company forever. Cause that's not likely to happen. And for those people who are on the beach right now, the work is getting a job. So, what's your campaign? How are you going to raise that awareness? How are you going to make sure people understand the value that you can bring to their organizations? And, and in some cases, people don't, are, are, people aren't approached because they are deemed as too expensive. Mm-hmm. So, how do you get that message across without you know? demeaning
0: your you know,
1: your your uh, your living.
0: I tell you what, JJ, you are one of the guys in the industry that has always been open to receiving uh people in many different ways and you've never forgotten people who've reached out to you. So I, I, I laud you for that. And you're networking right da- now and you've got your shingle out to uh, the last few years as an international media and management consultant. What do you need?
1: Well, I, uh, what I find interesting is, uh, um, you know, I, July one will be the fifth anniversary of my company, JJIMs Inc. So that's JJ international media management solutions. It's taken me five years, four and eight, so let's make it four years. It's taken me four years to put the international into it. And the, the, the idea behind that is I've always been fascinated by radio from other places. I like traveling. I want to go to those places, right. and I've done some of that. Um, but it's, it's interesting for me domestically. Uh, I not only work with radio stations and morning shows and, and talent, but I also work with, you know, in a, I work with people who have nothing to do with with radio. Um, people who are up and coming in in business. Uh, people who are at a certain point in business where they, um, uh, you know, they're they're at that point where they're not sure if what they're doing is what they want to do and and thinking about other things and, and all. But I, I think, it, and also too, like what I'm finding is it's it's more and more difficult to get domestic business. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of people out of work who can do this stuff. Right. Some better than others. Um, and then you've got people who have retired, who I love to death, but they're still working. And so part of all of that is why um, I've put a more concerted effort into reaching out into, you know, the international world. And I've got a few other things cooking that uh, are going to be great. So, um, yeah, it's it's for me, It's it's all about, getting out there, trying to get the word out. Uh, The people who have been in the business for a long time know me and know what I can do. The people who have been in the business uh, a lesser amount of time know of me um, and have heard what I can do. Those are people I kind of concentrate on. And then there's the younger, upcoming group who don't know anything about me. And um, it's interesting. Greg uh, Simpson introduced me at a Canadian Music Week conference a couple of years ago as a guy everybody knows. And I made a joke out of it saying, yeah, well, that's not really the case. And he was, oh, come on. But, you know, in in fact, um, even though I've been around a long time, a lot of the up and comers don't really know too much about me, um, which is, you know, uh, which I have chosen to uh, move forward with the attitude that I'm a fresh face to a new generation.
0: And a true renaissance man myself. in this industry. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm still a pretty young guy and I've been around and I've got a lot of experience and, you know, I've learned from some of the best. You mentioned Steve Young right off the top, man. I mean, Steve, uh, Steve taught me the difference between black and white and gray. I'm not a black and white guy. I'm a gray guy that knows black and white. I know black and white programmers that, you know, don't know gray. I teach them gray. Um, uh, So you know, with with talent, it's a whole different world. Everybody is different. You got to spend the time to get to know these people. That's that's an investment. You got to know what makes them tick. You got to get them to trust you. And when they do, look out. Take a look at Bob Rivers and the job that, as you know, living in Seattle for quite some time, the the job that Steve Young did with him. Bob Rivers was up on that billboard uh, a whole whole pile of years ago until I think the Baltimore Orioles won a game. I think I think it was the Baltimore
0: Orioles. <laughs> That's right. And
1: and he expected yeah, he expected to be up there for like a week. He was up there like I, I don't have the facts correct on this, but he was up there for like forty days.
0: Oh yeah, a long time. And when
1: he came when he came down he was out of his mind. Yeah. And you know, and Steve, Steve put, him him. <laughs> put him back together again. Put him yeah. back together again and you know and you know the rest. Yeah. So it's spending that time with talent genuine time and interest in talent. And myself, that's what I do. That's what I've always done. Uh, How I'm different, I think, from the rest is I don't have 40 clients. I'm not into 40, 50, 100. I'm into a finite amount of clients where I can properly give them the attention that they need. And um, I'm a full consultancy who's focusing a lot on the whole talent side, but I do a lot of different things. I'm a strategist. Um, You know, I go in and do a client needs analysis, find out exactly what they need, and then we start working together.
0: Well, good job. Um, I know that uh, and you know, Steve was very, very proud of you. And, and you've honored him by following um, his example. And, uh, you know, as a as a young broadcaster, I can tell you, uh, back in the day when I was coming up, you were a beacon for a lot of people who were looking for the just a just a chance and an ear. Um, And you continue to do that today, my friend, really appreciate spending time with you.
1: Well, thank you, Sean. I think it goes back to, you know, there's, there's uh, Steve Young and also Bob Singh. I haven't mentioned him who uh, both of those guys, uh, when I first got into the business it was just a rat, you know, running for coffee and whatever, spent and invested the time in me. And, and I was so uh, overcome by their kindness. And I said to them, guys, what, what can I do? I mean, how can I thank you guys? And they said, you know what? you be generous with your time. As you move forward, you work with people, you bring them along. And that's what I've tried to do. And that's what I continue to do today.
0: Really appreciate you. Thanks for joining me.
1: Okay, Sean. Always a pleasure.
0: JJ Johnson is with JJ International Media and Management Solutions, Inc. He joined us from Sheba's Island, Ontario. I'm Sean Smith. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue.